It's the Highline Bears podcast with Bill Willis. On this episode... We get Bears basics with Highline Bears CEO and General Manager Justin Moser. Wanted to play professional baseball my entire life. Big interest in business. And so that's how this became a really good fit for me. The best bang for your buck for doing anything Friday, Saturday evenings throughout the summer. What does the community mean to the Highland Bears? The community means everything. Welcome to the Highland Bears podcast. I'm your host, Bill Willis. This is episode one in the Bear Cave, where we will talk about the Highland Bears summer collegiate baseball team and our great community. Today, I'm joined with Highline Bears CEO and General Manager, Justin Moser. Welcome, Justin. Thanks for having me, Bill. Before we start our interview with Justin, I wanted to introduce myself to the listeners. I'm the voice of Mel Olson Stadium during the Highline Bears home games, and my role with the club is expanding to include being your podcast host. We are recording our podcast from Proletary Pizza in White Center, and we want to extend a big thank you to Sandra and Mia and the owners, Mike and Stephanie, for letting us invade their restaurant. You know, I uh, just want to say something real quick about Proletariat Pizza. They've been with us since we started in the fall of uh, 2014 and our first summer in 2015. They've been with us every year. Mike and Stephanie, they just do a great job. They just recently in September celebrated their ninth year in business here in White Center. Wow. And they're just, they, they do an amazing job. They're big advocates for uh, different organizations in the community, always giving back and donating and sponsoring little league teams, soccer teams, and doing fundraisers here at their place. So I just it's great to be able to partner with businesses and people like that. What I really love about this place, I know um, my friends and I are always talking about where can we get a pizza by the slice, and this is one of the few spots where you can get pizza by the slice. So, you know, they have slices early in the day. And, and the happy hour. Uh, I picked up uh, an 18-inch pepperoni pizza for the price of their smaller pizza. So, I mean, what a great deal. So check out their website, proletariatpizza.com. And uh, as they say, uh, it's the pizza that made White Center famous. Exactly. How did you get your start and your love of baseball? Uh, my love of baseball has just grown since I was a little kid. You know, I remember or I was told, you know, my first baseball glove was a Velcro ball and a Velcro glove. And uh, I just started from there before I was two and just kept going ever since then. Started playing t-ball when I was two and played organized baseball all the way through up high school. Um, Could have played in some junior colleges if I um, hadn't been the typical uh, teenage uh, kid who thought he knew everything and was better than he thought he was better than he was. And then, you know, just continued. Obviously, wanted to play professional baseball my entire life and um, that that didn't work out and wasn't in the cards for me and I've always had a very big interest in business and organizing and so that's how this became a really good fit for me and I mean when I was 9, 10, 11 I would always try to organize games in my community and I would fill up my I had a red radio uh, flyer wagon, a wooden wagon that I would fill with baseball gloves, baseballs baseball bats, my grandmother would make lemonade and I would trek down to the elementary school about half a mile down my street after I had called all my friends on the phone and told them we had to be there and I was always trying to organize a baseball game a couple times a week. So how close was this to the movie Sandlot? I mean I'm picturing right now that you have a ton of baseballs that somehow you either collected up and suddenly you were going through the baseballs, everybody would meet up at the yard, all right, and play the game. Yeah. I mean, 
was it pretty much like Sandlot that the neighborhood guys would get together, friends of yours? I think the goal was the Sandlot, but I don't think we ever got there. I was always frustrated because, you know, I thought I had seven guys coming and then three showed up. So <laughs> it just became, you know, we had a pitcher, a hitter, and an outfielder half the time. So sure. it didn't turn into what I wanted it to be necessarily. And I think I was doing that before I saw the Sandlot. And after I saw the Sandlot, I said, these kids can do it. Why can't I? I think my dream was always living in a neighborhood that was like the Sandlot. I'll tell you, for me, uh, one of the big things we did, and we wore out some front yards, pickle. I loved a good game of pickle. You know, and of course, you had to have open ends. There was, mm-hmm. right, somebody makes a bad throw. But I'll tell you, hardball, pickle, that was it for us. Yeah, we played a lot of wiffle ball in my, my grandparents' front yard, which I've driven by recently. It's, <laughs> I, it seemed very big at the time, but it was very small. And we definitely, um, God bless my grandfather, he, uh, he, he put up with us. I, I can't believe we didn't uh, kill the furnace or the AC or anything wow. by the amount of times we hit it. But, yeah, it's just baseball's always been a huge passion of mine and uh, continues to be to this day. Now we're moving into how did this become CEO and general manager of the Highland Bears. I had heard stories about how baseball was really huge in this community and such had such a big impact on this community in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and how the stadium here used to be the epicenter of entertainment and fun for people on Friday and Saturday evenings throughout the summer. And so looking at different things we could do, I found the Pacific International League, which is a semi-professional league, and decided that we were going to start a team and bring baseball back to this community. The first year I actually played on the team, and I quickly learned that playing on the team and trying to run the team is not doable. So what year was that? That was in 2015. 2015, okay. Yeah, our first year. And so I played on the team, and you know we put the team together with – the founders of the team, Todd Coughlin, Russ Pritchard, Greg Lillahag, myself, and John Thompson, just people from the community. They all have t- strong ties to the community and the baseball community in the area and knew the history. And we came together and we created something. And, you know, I'll never forget the opening night, the first game. It was just I, I was in the dugout texting the people on the PA because they were playing music at the wrong times. <laughs> and, you know, they weren't doing the, the – uh, competitions the right way or the promotions the right way and yeah I quickly learned while it was fun it was very stressful and I loved playing the game of baseball but I, I decided my, my time was over and that it'd be better spent you know. So you're almost wearing two hats at that time. I, I was definitely wearing two hats at the time <laughs> I mean bring, bringing in the ha- hot dog buns before the game running on to get my pregame in and then trying to be in the starting lineup just it didn't work that well and I, I, I couldn't be great at either one and it was disappointing. We had a great first year, and I think we achieved a lot of things, but uh, I, I didn't achieve any of the goals I did, I wanted. And then over that offseason, I really figured out what I wanted the Bears to be, and it's evolved even more since then. And we, I think we have more of a clear vision of where we want to go now. And playing and doing that would be oh, impossible, I think. Explain a little bit about summer collegiate baseball because it's it's a small window that it happens at and so if you can expand what it is for the fans yeah so summer collegiate baseball is an amateur baseball status Uh, we are a home for college baseball players who don't have a place to play in the summer and want to hone their skills and go back to their college and be better so college season runs from February mid to late February up until about the the middle or end of May unless they go to college 
uh, World Series and playoffs, depending on their division, and maybe they'll go a little into June. Then in June, July, and most of August, they don't have a place to play. So we are a home for college players throughout the summer. So we'll host players from all over the country to come and play here. Is it only college players, or are there some teams that actually have players outside of the we are in a semi-professional league, so we do have some players who do no longer have NCAA affiliation. Our team is 100% summer collegiate, so we all of our players have either signed with a college team and are going to a college or are currently playing with a college. Why did you start the Bears? We started the Bears to give a home to those sorts of players and then have fun, affordable family entertainment for the people in this community. I want people to come and experience baseball and experience the event that we're putting on every weekend throughout the summer. I want it to be affordable. I want it to be more affordable than doing anything else in this community, and I want them to be able to enjoy it every single weekend. And then to go off of that, it, you mentioned about weekends, but we're also talking about there are a couple nights during the week that we're going to have games. Correct. Yeah, we play uh, some Thursday nights. We'll have a, a Monday or Tuesday here and there. Friday and Saturdays are where we typically try to put our focus and get our games there, but we do play during the week as well. We play anywhere from 20 to 25 home games per summer. And then uh, Highline Bears, as you mentioned, large area, West Seattle, all the way down to Des Moines, right, from this side of the Seattle area. Why is it not White Center, Burien, or even just the West Seattle Bears? When we were coming up with a name, which I'm not in love with our name. A lot of people confuse us with Highland Community College, which we are, have no affiliation with Highland Community College. But we didn't want to solely focus on just White Center or just Burien, just Normandy Park, just West Seattle, just Des Moines. We want the greater area, and this greater area is Highline and North Highline, and so we want to encompass the entire area. We want to be, you know, the Southwest Seattle area team. And so all the way from West Seattle, down into White Center, into Burien, into Normandy Park, and into Des Moines, we want to gather all of those families and bring them into, into our ballpark every summer. Mentioning that the White Center is this large community, and it does cover a large area of this part of Seattle, are there areas that you would like to reach farther? So are we talking, you mentioned Des Moines, but are we talking possibly Renton? If you look at where Renton is and then also where, say, Queen Anne is in, in a map outside of Mel Olson Stadium, do you have, I guess, ambitions to reach out to those communities? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull anybody from anywhere, Bill. <laughs> um, I, I want everyone to come out. I think we are the best bang for your buck for doing anything um, Friday, Saturday evenings throughout the summer. Uh, I don't think there's anything more fun or more enjoyable or more memorable than coming to a Highline Bears game. And I want to pull people from, you know, locally, Tequila, Renton, SeaTac area. Those are, those are easy markets where we could pull people in, and it's not a far drive or commute. I think once we get into Georgetown and the Soto area, uh, where there's not a lot of residential stuff in Soto, but Georgetown definitely. Um, once we get into the greater Seattle, I'd love for them to make the trip, but I understand, you know, Friday evening traffic and making the trek down sometimes is harder for people, but I, I would love to have anybody. You and I talked this last weekend, and I know you were out of town you got to share at least a section of that story about the experience you had in the airport, about reaching somebody. And this person, both of you were not in Seattle, so please talk about that. Yeah, um, myself and uh, Stephen Finch, who's the 
president of baseball operations and the assistant GM. We went to Dallas for the um, ABCA, which is a coaches convention. And there's coaches. There were uh, 6,600 coaches from all over the country. And we go there to hear speakers and um, network with people that are in our community. And so I was in Dallas coming back and working on working on some stuff for the Bears. And somebody walked up to me. I was wearing my Highline Bears hat, my Highline Bears sweatshirt. And she walked up and she said, I, I know who the Highline Bears are. I've been to a Highline Bears game. Um, I have a friend who uh, actually played for them. I said, oh, and then I introduced myself. And they're actually from Richland, Washington, Tri-Cities area, uh, which is, you know, four hours away from here. And uh, she said she'd been to games. And that was um, some of the funnest thing one of the funnest things she did last summer and that she loves following us and loves everything we do and you know that just that that keeps you going it keeps you moving through oh it does when you mentioned that story i just thought how fantastic for someone to actually come to you and say hey i've been there in a place you wouldn't even think about possibly finding a fan yeah and you know and, and the other it's it's little things like that and i ended up sitting next to her on the plane actually um i which was is just such a small world and you know i was eating in a restaurant in white center uh, about a month or two ago and i just saw somebody walk by with a highline bears hat on and you know it's the little things like that i want everybody wearing a highline bears t-shirt and highline bears hat wherever we can go we'll be back with more with highline bears justin moser are you a local artist or do you know of one We are looking for a song to use as an open for our podcast and also to use at Mel Olson Stadium during home games. Reach out to us and send us your songs to podcast at highlinebears.com. You mentioned about the community and and the interaction. What does the community mean to the Highline Bears? The community means everything. I mean, I, I touched on it a little bit, but baseball was and our stadium was the center of this community for such a long time. You know, the original stadium was wooden. It was built in the spring of 1940, um, and it was packed all the time, and especially in the 50s and 60s and early 70s. And then it was burnt down um, on May 22nd, 1977. Um, it was arson. And actually, our president, Russ Pritchard, uh, was in the fire department and one of the firefighters who put the fire out that day. He remembers the stadium, and you know Russ. Russ took his first date to that stadium. You know, Russ uh, played Little League and Pony in that stadium and uh, grew up playing there. And I, you know, Todd Coughlin, who uh, managed for a year and helped us put the team together and is a huge supporter, uh, he, he played games there. I mean, I, and then um, baseball just never returned the way it should have. Um, Mel Olson, who was a huge member of this community, really wanted to get the stadium built back and people didn't want to put the stadium back. And then he was able to pull some funding together uh, and get King County support, and they rebuilt the stadium. And that stadium opened in uh, April, April 2nd, 1979. And so this year will actually be the um, 40th anniversary of the stadium being rebuilt and reopened. Uh, so the stadium we had has been there for 40 years now. One of the questions I was going to have for you is why Mill Olson? But it's pretty clear why it is Mill Olson that the Highland Bears play there is because, one, history back when russ was playing and also while he was working in the area it was the main draw for the for the city exactly. and if you look at what's changed right now at mills you know in millison stadium is being modified slowly along the way but it's still this built up and they've expanded as far as within the park itself correct yeah and so uh steve cox who was a deputy with the king county sheriff's department 
um, died in the line of duty and they wanted to do something in his honor. And so the county came together with some different groups in the community. I know the North Highline uh, Council was big on it and they actually renamed the entire park that the stadium uh, is in, Steve Cox Memorial Park. So we play inside of Steve Cox Memorial Park at Mel Olson Stadium and they keep expanding. So they just um, rebuilt the two little league fields that are right beside, west of our stadium. And those are gonna be turf and multi-purpose, which is great for the community. And then we're doing some uh, things within the stadium uh, to continue to expand. And then in 2008, when they redid the park, Seattle Prep, uh, Puget Sound Senior Men's Baseball League, and a bunch of other groups, the White Center Development Community Development Association uh, came together and they did a remodel of the stadium. The stadium used to be dirt infield. It, did, it wasn't nice. There wasn't a great fence. There weren't any batting cages. And those groups came together, made sure the stadium got remodeled. Um, I remember playing on that stadium. Uh, in that stadium, I played for the um, Pony State Championship when I was 12, and uh, the field was just rock hard and dirt, and there was goose poop everywhere. And I mean, there's still geese poop everywhere, but um, it, it's um, it's great what they've done. And we're working real closely with Seattle Prep. They're the main user in the spring, and we're the main user in the summer to be able to continue to add to the park and continue to remodel. Uh, it's a beautiful stadium. It's more than I think that even some of the colleges around this area even have for a place to play. And uh, it's beautiful. And so for the players to be able to come in and play uh, at that level of field. It's great. And, you know, there are things I, I want to change, obviously, and continue to improve. But like you just said, it's one of the few places that is actually a stadium. You know, we have covered stands, seating, uh, holds 1,100 people. It's one of the few places like that in, in the area. And we're going to talk about some of those amenities at the field uh, a little later. But what I'd like to do is get back uh, to that community uh, discussion that we were having. Talk about those charities and local organizations. Tell us a little bit more about that, who you're working with and who you've worked with in the past. Uh, we've worked with a bunch of different little leagues. Uh, we work with uh, West Seattle Baseball. Uh, they're a pony organization. Uh, we're currently talking to West Seattle Little League because we'd like to partner with them. We've partnered with Southwest Little League and done different things with them, who's the main little league in our area. Um, we have a good relationship with Pac West Little League. So a lot of little leagues, you know, we want to continue to promote the game of baseball. Uh, the Avery Huffman Foundation is a little girl who passed away, and uh, her parents run a great nonprofit organization. And we've worked with them, and uh, we've already been in talks with them about having them back. And then we've worked with the Kiwanis Club before and other different organizations in the community. Our goal is to every night have a nonprofit group that's either raising money through a 50-50 raffle or through fundraising ticket sales, having a group night out at the ballpark, anything we can do to help continue to support our community and recognize the nonprofits within our community that do great work. We, our players volunteer at the White Center Food Bank every summer as well and the big thing we look for with players and we're very upfront about is that they will be spending time in the community and volunteering their time in the community because that's our main goal but we don't work without the community we're not just trying to have a baseball game we're, we're trying to have a big party and i remember avery huffman uh, foundation and and the family being there on site and all the supporters uh, from around the area uh, showing up people were wearing t-shirts we had the raffles going, and it was fantastic. And the same thing with the Little Leagues. Uh, we had the Little League actually pair up with our players and actually go out at the beginning, and we co-announced 
So we had where a little league player was paired with one of our players, and they go out on the field and at every position, including pitcher, and uh, we announced everybody at the same time prior to the national anthem. And it was fantastic. And those type of things, for me, uh, you know, it's hard not to get choked up supporting something like that uh, and being out there and seeing what's going on. Uh, you want to do something. You want to help out. And that's where I think uh, it's really neat to see folks from Highline, Burien, West Seattle, uh, White Center all come in and they support all of these different charities and organizations. And, and it's a great lesson for kids when they come in. Definitely. And, you know, I think every time and just hearing you talk about it just now, we have we're really trying to still figure out how, how to be the best and how to do things better all the time. But seeing the impact that we're able to have on people and continuing to want to grow that impact and help the groups within our community is, is really what drives us. Well, and you, you're partnering with these folks, right? You're, you're reaching out a hand. They're reaching out a hand together. Exactly. You guys go together. You mentioned about some of the charities and the organizations, uh, especially from the last year. Is there anybody, any new charities or organizations that you mentioned about uh, a couple of the little leagues? Is there anybody else that you're looking at possibly uh, venturing out and uh, uh, working with to uh, for this 2019 season? We are. We're talking to a lot of groups. We're talking to some high, local high school teams um, and different groups so that they can do some fundraisers. Uh, we just met some people at the ABCA conference that we were at that do something for um, youth cancer organizations and they work with children's hospitals all across the country and so we're currently in talks with them about raising some money and doing a game that benefits um, youth cancer research and teaming up with the Seattle Children's Hospital. I know we've been in talks with Make-A-Wish Foundation and seeing if we can do something. You know we don't have a lot to give um, but we want to give everything that we can. Right. You know, and I, I got that from uh, from Stephen. You know, that was, the, that was his pitch on his email that he sent to the Make a Wish Foundation, and her response was, "You'd be amazed how many people don't do that. They don't email you. You know, you don't have to have to give necessarily all the time. So, you know, whatever we can give, we're going going to try to, and just giving a great experience to a family um, or to a, an organization that's trying to do something great in our community is exactly what we want to do." That is all the time we have for this week. Join us for our next podcast, In the Bear Cave, when we will continue our talk with Highline Bears CEO and General Manager Justin Moser. You can reach the Highline Bears at their website, highlinebears.com, or on Twitter and Facebook, at Highline Bears. You can also email the Highline Bears using the address, info at highlinebears.com. Send us your comments and questions to the podcast crew. Email us using the address, podcast at highlinebears.com. Thank you for listening. May all your hits be dingers and be a good sport always. This was the Highline Bears podcast.